Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Hello and good morning, faithful listeners. Happy Thursday. This is Jen here with the Bible Explained podcast, and I am so excited for what the future is going to bring. I am almost done with the Adore Teen Devotional for Advent, and that is a book that I am self-publishing. It's a devotional for teen girls, and it's soon going to be up on Amazon for your guys' convenience. So if you know any teen girls that need an Advent devotional, if you run a girls group or you know somebody who does, then you might want to consider the Adore or Advent devotional for teen girls. So that's going to be coming up very soon in the future, and I am so excited about it, and so stay tuned for that. But today we are going to be reading Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 28. And this is one that I actually had to mull over a couple times, because even though we've talked about this parable before on the podcast, this one is stated slightly differently than how It was read before in the other Gospels. So let's see what Jesus has to say in this parable. Let's read Luke 19, 11 through 28 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. As they heard these things, he went on and told a parable because he was near Jerusalem, and they supposed that God's kingdom would be revealed immediately. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. He called ten servants of his and gave them ten mina coins and told them, conduct business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent an envoy after him saying, we don't want this man to reign over us. When he had come back again, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they had gained by conducting business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your mina has made ten more minas. And he said to him, Well done, you good servant. Because you are found faithful with very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. The second came, saying, Your mina, Lord, has made five minas. So he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Another came, saying, Lord, behold, your mina which I kept laid away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an exacting man. You take up that which you didn't lay down, and reap that which you didn't sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth, I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I am an exacting man, taking up that which I didn't lay down and reaping that which I didn't sow. Then why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? And at my coming, I might have earned interest on it. He said to those who stood by, take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. They said to him, Lord, he has 10 minas. For I tell you that to everyone who has will more be given, but from him who doesn't have, even that which he has will be taken away from him. But bring those enemies of mine who didn't want me to reign over them here and kill them before me. Having said these things, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. So yeah, this parable sounds very familiar, doesn't it? And this is one where I'm not actually sure if Jesus repeated this parable twice. It's very possible that he did, because you'll see that there are some similarities to it, but it's not exactly the same. And a lot of times I believe Jesus did repeat his parables a handful of times, depending on who was listening, depending on the crowds. So it is possible that Jesus did state this parable twice, because when we saw it before, Jesus talked about the money being called talents, and this time it's called minas. 
But the other thing is verse 14 was not in the other parable. Verse 14 states, but his citizens hated him and sent an envoy after him saying, we don't want this man to reign over us. And then also in this parable, another dissimilarity is verse 27, but bring those enemies of mine who didn't want me to reign over them and kill them before me is what the parable ends with. So yeah, there is a a couple things that are a little bit different in this as compared to the last one. But anyway, it says that Jesus states this parable to the crowds because specifically because he was near Jerusalem and they supposed that God's kingdom would be revealed immediately. So they assumed that as soon as Jesus went into Jerusalem, whoever was around him, possibly his disciples, possibly the the crowds that surrounded him, they believed that once Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he would reign forever, basically, and God's kingdom would be immediately revealed the way they believed it would be revealed. Now, of course, God's kingdom was already there. It was already revealed. But the people at that time just didn't understand that because they really wanted a king. They really wanted a ruler that would get rid of Rome for them and would bring like Jerusalem and Israel back to its former glory. So they believed Jesus was this man. They believed he was the Messiah. And that's what they thought the Messiah was going to do. So, of course, Jesus was not going to do that. He had no intention of doing that. In fact, his intention was to not only save Israel, but also to save Rome. (laughs) And I'm going to guess the people didn't like that very much. They did not want the Romans to be saved or any other Gentile, possibly. So, uh, yeah, they, they really only wanted the glory for Israel at this time period. And because of this, Jesus states this parable that God's kingdom is not necessarily going to be revealed immediately. He talks about this nobleman who is Jesus. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So this is way in the future because Jesus died approximately 2000 years ago. Jesus has yet to return. He has not returned yet. So he's still this nobleman gathering his people building his kingdom. He's still in the phase right now of receiving for himself a kingdom of people. While he was gone, though, he entrusted his servants with money. And Amina, it says here in my footnotes, that that was about three years of wages. So that's a lot of money. I don't know what the average person makes, uh, probably a lot more than I do. But whatever it is, it's three years of the average income. So as Jesus was making his kingdom, he entrusts 10 of his servants to quite a bit of money. And that's a parallel of the people that God entrusts leadership to, to help him build the kingdom. So these 10 servants have have their money and Jesus goes away into a far country, or rather this nobleman goes away into a far country to receive himself the kingdom. So while Jesus is gone, he commands those 10 servants to conduct business as usual But some of his servants hated him, is actually what it says. Some of his citizens hated him, and they sent an envoy after him saying, we don't want this man to reign over us. I mean, how true is that today? There are so many people nowadays that absolutely hate Jesus. They hate his message. They hate Christianity. They hate Christians. They hate anything that has to do with Jesus or with God the Father. And you can see this when this happens. I think I've told the story before on the on the podcast, 
But back when I was in college, I had to do a field trip for my science class. I was doing, um, I was majoring in earth sciences, which was such a dumb major because I literally just had to learn about um, macro evolution and like take tests on it the entire time, which was killing me on the inside because I am not, I'm not a macro evolutionist. But um, (laughs) anyway, we took this field trip and there was a van filled with students that were taking this field trip also. So my college professor and I start talking and he starts asking me about my personal life. I was telling him about my church and about the different things that I do. I'm not even joking. This van went totally silent. Everyone was so uncomfortable with a private conversation that my professor and I were having about church. It was really funny, actually. It was so funny. And this happens to me a lot. When I start talking about uh, my Christian beliefs to somebody that is not a Christian, or when I start talking about church, you can see them get noticeably uncomfortable. The world is uncomfortable with the idea of Jesus because Jesus tells people to live differently. And the world doesn't like that very much. The world does not want to recognize that they might not be living the correct way. And I mean, that's usually how a person responds. I've never had somebody get angry at me for being a Christian yet, (laughs) yet. But you can see on the news, we see stuff all the time of people who just get angry over somebody who disagrees with them. And it's not even the news. You can go on Facebook and within five seconds of being on Facebook, encounter the same exact thing. Somebody gets angry at you for having your beliefs. But anyway, the point I'm trying to make is the fact that the majority of people are uncomfortable with Jesus. So they don't want Jesus to reign over them. They don't want to give their lives to Jesus. They don't want to believe that there might be a better way of living than what they initially think. Here in America and probably most of the Western world, people don't necessarily bow down to idols anymore the way they did in the Old Testament but they do bow down to self. I mean, you can see how people just worship themselves. It's all about self. It's all about how people make you feel. It's all about how you feel. That is worshiping self. So of course, a person who their idol, their God is themselves, they aren't going to want Jesus, the real God, to reign over them. So that is why the world is so uncomfortable with Jesus. And it says here in this parable that they sent an envoy after him. So they start complaining. They're sending people to go complain to Jesus, an envoy saying, we don't want you to reign over us. But anyway, Jesus succeeds. (laughs) This nobleman succeeds. Doesn't matter how many people don't want him to rule over them. He succeeds. And so he comes back again, having received the kingdom. And this is going to be in the second coming of Jesus. So he commands his servants, the ones that he gave the money to, to appear before him, basically, so that he can know how much they gained over the years. So the first person came before him saying, Lord, your mina that you gave me has made 10 more minas. So in other words, I multiplied your mina by 10. And look at how much money I have for you. So now this nobleman or Jesus 
says to the servant, well done, you good servant. You were found faithful with very little. Because of that, you're going to have authority over 10 cities. So Jesus elevates this servant to a high position, a ruling position. And I mean, we we see that Jesus does do this when he comes back again. That's the people who truly followed him are going to reign. We see that. So after this, this other servant comes and says, look, I made five minas for you over the years that you were gone. And so, so Jesus once again commends this servant and says, yes, you're going to be a ruler over five cities because of what you did. So then this other guy comes <laughs> and he, he takes out his, uh, his mina, which is all folded up in a handkerchief which by the way is another dissimilarity between the other parable because the other parable stated that the man had buried the talent. This guy wrapped it up in a handkerchief. He says, I feared you because you're an exacting man, which that means you are a person who takes from people. Basically you take that, which you didn't lay down and you reap that, which you didn't. sow." that's old fashioned English to say that you steal from people. And so Jesus is like, you know what? I'm going to judge the words that you just said. He says, you wicked servant, if you knew that I am a person who steals from people, then why did you hide my money in a handkerchief? If you thought I was such a wicked, terrible ruler, then why didn't you go and at least invest the money in the bank so I could get interest from my money? He says, clearly, you're not afraid of me. Clearly, you are just a selfish individual who didn't want to work for God's kingdom. So he says to one of his other servants, he says, take this mina away from this servant and give it to the one who has 10 minas. So at this point, the the people complain. They're like, but he has 10 minas. That's not fair. <laughs> oh, I just love this. I love this. But Jesus says, he answers them. He says, I tell you that everyone who has more will be given. So the person who loved Jesus, this servant who produced so much fruit, who produced 10 minas from the one that he was given, Jesus gives him another one because he did so well in his lifetime. He was not lazy. He produced fruit. He was a good servant. And yes, the servant that had the five minas was good too, because he did do more, but maybe he just didn't work as hard to produce those 10 minas like the first servant did. So Jesus gives him even more. To everyone who has, more will be given. But from him who doesn't have, even that which he has will be taken from him. It's a good verse to remember because the person who doesn't have Jesus, even what they think they have is going to be taken away from them. Scary. It's kind of just a thought of What you think you have on this life, if you don't have Jesus, none of it matters. It's going to be taken away from you if you don't have the truth. Truth is so necessary. It's so important. And yet we've thrown truth out the window in our society. And Jesus says right here, you don't have the truth. Everything you think you have is going to be taken away from you. So you need the truth. And there's only one truth. There's not many truths. I mean, I I don't know how many times I hear people say, oh, that's my truth. No, no, there's one truth. 
And that one truth is Jesus, that he is Lord and he's going to be Lord. So there's not many truths out there. And we need to get that straight right now because people don't have hope. There's so much darkness in this world because they don't have the truth and they don't care about the truth. This is why we need to be evangelists. This is why we need to spread the truth. But anyway, to finish up this parable, Jesus says, bring those enemies of mine who didn't want me to reign over them and kill them before me. When Jesus comes again, he is going to bring his judgment. He's gonna. And we don't know when that's gonna happen. We don't know when Jesus is gonna come again. So right now we need to be thinking of other people. We can't be worshiping self and what we want and our desires. We gotta be thinking about this kind of stuff that Jesus tells us to think about. Going and making disciples. And that is everybody's responsibility. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. You go out and you make disciples of Jesus. And after this, it says, having said these things, Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. So he's going up to die. And he leaves his disciples and the multitude with this powerful parable that he is not immediately going to be taking over as king, but he will be coming back. So this is a parable that is one of the last ones that Jesus states before he goes up to die. And it's such a powerful one at that. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode, even though it was a little bit on the darker side, but that's okay. We have to remember this truth. We have to remember what Jesus said, and we have to spread the gospel as much as we can for a world that is just living in darkness. So spread the gospel. Tell people that the Bible Explained podcast exists or any other way that you enjoy spreading the gospel. Invite somebody to your church. Uh, Just share with them the truth. But guys, I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Join in tomorrow for an episode out of Numbers. We're going to be talking more about the Passover and the Feast of the Trumpets. It's going to be a great episode. I hope to see you bright and early tomorrow morning or whenever you wake up. Happy listening and God bless.